The My Fishing Cape Cod Podcast, brought to you by the Goose Hammock Shops, Cape Cod's largest outdoor outfitter, serving New England since 1946. Shop them online at themightyfish.com. Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod Podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod Podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here from MyFishingCapeCod.com. This is your host, Kevin Collins, back with you for episode number three of our weekly podcast season and another jam-packed show in store for you today as we head into what I hope to be a beautiful weekend. Hopefully, everybody survived Tropical Storm Isaias that came up the East Coast this week, kind of stirred up the water a little bit for a few hours on Tuesday afternoon and Tuesday night. We'll talk a little bit about how that storm might have changed some of the conditions both inside and out of Cape Cod Bay. Usually those type of storms tend to really mix things up here on Cape Cod, but we got a great show in store for you today. We're going to be let off momentarily by MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. We're then going to be joined by our good buddy Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi, and last but not least, we'll be joined by Phil Howarth of the Goose Hummock Shop from down in Orleans. So let's dive right into today's podcast by welcoming in our first guest. And that first guest is none other than MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, who's joining us here on the phone. Ryan, how are you on this beautiful morning? I'm doing great, Kevin. It's an awesome summer morning. Really, really nice. So let's dive into our topics for today's podcast. I know one thing that kind of took place yesterday was the launch of a fundraiser that you're pretty passionate about, partnering with Rifles to Rods. Can you talk a little bit about that off the top of our visit here? Yeah, last week in the forum, we're always doing giveaways, and we gave away a strategic angler lure with My Fish in Cape Cod inscribed on its back. And if you're not familiar with strategic angler, Merv Rubiano is the owner and he just makes some absolutely incredible plugs. They're mostly used for bluefin tuna around here, and they retail at about $100 a piece. So I was really excited to do that giveaway, and our winner was Alex Cadet, who's a member. He's also a vet. After receiving the prize in the mail, Alex messaged me and said, you know what, this lure is too pretty to fish with. I want you to use it for a fundraiser, and how about we use it to benefit rifles to rods? which is a nonprofit organization that uses fishing as therapy for veterans. And the co-founder is Ryan Puzo. And he actually was in the same company as Alex Cadet a few years before Alex was serving. So it, it's really worked out well. So, so to make a long story short, we are including that My Fishing Cape Cod Strategic Angler Lure along with a bunch of other lures and a plug bag. And we have a little raffle going on in the forum right now. And 100% of the proceeds will go to Rifles to Rods. And it's only been up for about 24 hours, and we've already eclipsed the $900 mark, which is great. So I've got to keep this fundraiser going for another two weeks. So I'm very excited about how much money we may be able to donate to Rifles to Rods and I'm sure they will use it to get more veterans out on fishing trips, which is really terrific. 
That is terrific news, Ryan. And I know you've been doing a lot of fundraising stuff and, you know, group trips for the veterans this year. So it's great to see how my fishing Cape Cod is positively impacting the veteran community here on Cape Cod. I know one thing pivoting to our next topic that I've done a lot this year is clamming just with a lot of small fish around my area fishing from the beach gets a little bit frustrating. So I've kind of pivoted my focus a lot to getting sea clams, to getting steamers, to getting mussels. And I got my shell fishing license this year for the first time ever, just to inspire myself to get out there. Have you had a chance to do any clamming recently? Yes. This morning I was sea clamming in Cape Cod Bay, you know, pretty much any sand flat from probably north of the Cape, probably from Duxbury all the way down to East Ham at low tide, you can go out and search around and find some really big sea clams or, or cohogs. They make a great chowder. They make a great stuffed clam. And they also make great striper bait and great flounder bait as well. So that's what I did this morning. And one thing I noticed, Kevin, very quickly was the temperature of the water, at least up close to the beach in Cape Cod Bay, really plummeted since that tropical storm. You know, before the tropical storm, it was like bath water. It was probably over 70 degrees. And I had been getting reports of warm water pretty much everywhere in Cape Cod Bay from Wellfleet all the way west to the canal. But this morning, it was frigid. I think the tropical storm with that really, really strong south wind probably blew a lot of that warm surface water out into the middle of Cape Cod Bay. Mm. And what's left behind is just a lot of really cool water up against the beach. So I would imagine, you know, tonight, tomorrow, as long as that cool water is up against the beach, the whole south-facing area of Cape Cod Bay from the canal east down to the flats and Brewster, you might have a better chance than before of getting a good fish from the beach. You know, before the water was 70 degrees right there, and, and now this morning it was probably 60 degrees, maybe even 58, 59 degrees. It, it was really cold, so... Hopefully that will draw some bigger fish in close to the beach. Speaking of the canal, Ryan, it seems really hit and miss this year. Have you heard anything about the canal this week? Just more hit and miss stories. I talked to Alex Ridgeway. He fished the canal all night two nights ago. He caught a few schoolies. I uh, talked to a few other guys who didn't see much of anything. There was um, one good report actually last Sunday around low tide in the afternoon at the east end in the forum i saw tyler martin posted he got a 41 inch striper and funny because i got another report from my parents at the exact same moment saying they were at the east end of the canal on a bike ride and they were watching somebody pull in and then release a nice 40 inch class fish and i put two and two together and i'm pretty sure my parents were watching tyler as he was catching that fish which is pretty funny and lo and behold tyler messaged me today saying that he's met my mom down there before and she actually told him about the website and he told her that he's already a member so small world but to answer your question based off of the reports in the forum it does seem hit and miss i saw one member chunking the canal the other night around 10:30 p.m he caught one nice fish on a chunk there was a small blitz of schoolies i think off the power plant yesterday for just 10, 15 minutes. That's pretty much what I've been hearing. Once again, no big blitzes to report on. 
Well, speaking of the canal, I know in the forum there's a conversation going on back and forth about you know the topic of wearing waders in the canal and whether it's worth it or not. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Once the canal action quiets down, the conversation turns from reporting about you know the fishing to talking more about gear. And one conversation that I picked up on recently is, should you wear waders or not? And this is something that comes up quite often. And it seems like the general consensus is, and I would agree with this, that it's really not worth it to wear waders at the canal. You're better off just wearing boots with frog togs, which are little screws that you can put on the bottom of your boots to help you get better grip on the rocks. Or you can wear corkers, which I know you have a pair of corkers, Kevin, and it helps you get a better grip on the rocks. There's really no need to wear waders. I mean, with the current, if you were ever, ever to fall in, you'd get swept away. It, it just doesn't seem worth it. But it's good to see conversations like that going on in the forum because a lot of people aren't sure. And it's good to just remain safe whenever you can. So this week, I know you had a little bit of a My Fishing Cape Cod excursion. You went fishing with a bunch of members on the Outer Cape. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I met a bunch of members and I'm just going to name a few right off the top of my head here, but Kevin Conway, Nick Caparell, Anthony Besaw, Chris Guggen, Sean Lawrence, Bill Desmo, a few other guys as well. We all went down to the East Ham area. For the first part of the night, it was absolutely gorgeous. We actually saw some Benito feeding on rain bait. I talked to Bill Hurley, bumped into him on the beach. He's a local lure maker. And he actually told me that about a half an hour before I saw him, he watched a great white attack a seal. So that was pretty cool. I've heard of people seeing whales in tight to the beaches out there, as well as tuna. So there's definitely a lot of life off those outer cape beaches, probably more so than I remember hearing in the past few years. So if you want to try those beaches, I think you'll have a good chance right now, despite the presence of seals, which we all know about still think you'll have a good chance but on that night on monday night from about just before sunset until 1 a.m there was nothing going on at all bill caught a couple schoolies on a sp minnow and then i wrapped it up and decided to go home i really wish i stayed because those guys kept working the beach they they walked another mile and a half and eventually they saw some rain bait up on the beach, actually in the sand, they saw some pogies in the sand. So that's obviously a sign of some fish feeding. And maybe 20 minutes after that, they started catching fish. And nothing crazy, but a bunch of schoolies and a couple 30, 32 inches. So that was good to hear. I really wish I stayed. I would have loved to have been a part of that. But that's you know just kind of the way it goes out there. you got to cover a lot of territory. You know, the stretch from Chatham up to P-Town, it's 27 miles. But you do have a better chance than, than normal right now, I think, of catching a fish along that stretch of coast, which is, which is really nice because that fishery used to be world-class, and I think the seals have had a big impact. But people are catching fish out there again, which is great to see. Talk a little bit about the surf casting thread in the forum while we're on the topic of surf casting. Well, Mike Marcus, who started that thread, he's been catching fish along the Cape Cod Bay beaches at night. 
and three hours before until three hours after high tide is always a good bet. Lurple colored SP minnows or Joe bag swarters is always a good bet. So, uh, so yeah, there are plenty of uh, schoolies and, you know, 30 inch fish being caught along the beaches of, of Cape Cod Bay. I'm not hearing much about stripers in Vineyard Sound or Nantucket Sound. I'm hearing more about sharks over there. Hmm. And it's pretty soon we'll be hearing about Albies over there. But, uh, yeah, that's my, my surf casting update. And not too long on this one because we're going to get into it with Phil Howarth of the Goose Hummock coming up later in the podcast, Ryan. But just a quick synopsis of what you're hearing about tuna. Well, I saw uh, Will from the forum, Will Eikenberry. I, I probably botched his last name there. He reported quite a bit of action east of Chatham this week. Lots of whales, lots of tuna. And I, like you said, I think Phil will probably cover most of this, but it just seems like there's a really nice ecosystem east of Cape Cod if you can find the whales. It's been mostly a, a live mackerel bite from what I'm gathering. I'll be out there tomorrow. I'll be out there on Sunday. We have a couple MFCC group trips going with Captain Cullen. So hopefully the next time I talk to you, I'll have some positive news about me personally catching a tuna out there. We'll see. Fingers crossed. All right, Ryan, thanks for the great information and for spending some time with us on today's visit during the podcast. Really look forward to catching up with you in the near future. All right. Tight lines, Kevin. Thank you very much. Well, next up on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. And Bruno, how are you on this beautiful morning? What's going on, guys? MFCC Nation. I'm uh, happy to be here. So, Bruno, we're going to do a quick whip around. I know you're a man that likes to fish and target, you know, many different species here on Cape Cod. That's why we want to have you on the podcast for all that intel. Let's start off with stripers and blues. What are you hearing in terms of a general report for stripers and bluefish? Well, you can, uh, it depends what you're looking for. If you're, if you're a fly fisherman and you want to uh, cast into some stripers in the rips down in Montemore and get yourself a 26-inch fish, with the chance of possibly getting into slot size, that's a good bet. There's still tons of bluefish out at uh, Monomoy for you tuna fishermen that need to catch bait on your way out east. Uh, there's also a lot of bluefish off of P-Town. Um, there's a lot of striper off of P-Town. There's a lot of guys catching their slot fish off P-Town, but you got to work your way through the short fish to get there. And uh, and if you're cruising through Cape Cod Bay, keep an eye on your fish finder because there are still pockets of really big striper in deep water in Cape Cod Bay. Bruno, another species that I want to ask you about that I know you're passionate about is bonito. Any early reports of bonito, and have you targeted bonito over the last couple of weeks? I would say after fluke, bonito is probably one of my favorite fish, and I'm I'm that guy that actually goes out and I actually target Bonito. And uh, I know that there's Bonito as a bycatch off of P-Town. Guys are getting them when they're trolling for uh, bluefish and for striper. And um, I personally prefer uh, Monomoy for my Bonito. That's where I went. I think I went out on Friday targeting Bonito. And we got a couple of nice size ones off of uh, Monomoy. You know, my next trip, actually tomorrow, speaking of Bonito, with all the south wind, we're going to be uh, heading out to the Hooter tomorrow in search of Bonito. And 
anything else pelagic that might have been pushed close uh, with all the soft wind. And Bruno, you just mentioned fluke. I know you like fishing out on Nantucket Shoal. Uh, any idea on how long these fluke are going to kind of stick around and the fluke fishing will be good? And are you still running into any sea bass out there as well? Actually, we, uh, I went out to Nantucket Shoal on Saturday. We got our, our keep of fluke up to 23 inches. They were shorter than most years in the past. Uh, I think with the south wind, you're going to see that the bigger fish are going to move off of like Davis Shoal and, and such and start moving closer to uh, Big Round Shoal and, uh, and, and uh, you know, be in, be in reach of Monomoy to get out there and get your fluke. And I could tell you there were a ton of sea bass on the shoals on Friday. I mean, on, on Saturday. I mean, I probably caught two sea bass one fluke out there. We came home with more sea bass than fluke, and we're talking like 18, 19 inch sea bass. So it was awesome. So how long are they there? Typically, historically, the first big storm in the fall will uh, scatter them back out to deep water. But until then, they, they're pretty much there for the entire summer into, uh, into September. And then usually you'll see a big storm roll in at the end of September. Uh, as late as beginning of October, and that's when they'll pretty much push out. And Bruno, I know it's still pretty early in August. We're only here in the first week, but just wanted to ask you real quick about false albacore. Are you hearing anything about albies being around the area? I haven't heard anything big yet, but again, uh, with that storm that came through with those big south winds, um, I'm willing to bet you that we'll see an Albie pop up this week or this weekend. Um, you know, guys are out, you know, around the vineyard and the middle grounds inside the sound. And, yep. Um, you know, I'm, I'm willing to bet this weekend we're going to start seeing the, seeing the, uh, the Albie start popping up. And last but not least, I know you're pretty plugged into the fishing community around Cape Cod. I know you talk to a lot of folks out on the boat as well as in the dealership. And I just wanted to ask you what you're hearing about Nantucket and vineyard sounds, if anything at all. You know, uh, I was talking to uh, Peter, uh, Larry's tax shop on on, on uh, Arthur's Vineyard, and they're saying that they're getting fluke and sea bass to the northeast of the island, kind of wow. like in the Nantucket Shoals. Um, and just like everyone else, they're anticipating that the south wind is going to bring some of those, uh, you know, pelagic fish a little bit closer towards, you know, the owl and possibly even the hooter. Um, so that's, that's what I'm hearing from the islands. The last time we caught up with you, you were on a little bit of a family excursion up north in northern New England. I just wanted to ask you, you know, how's the dealership been since you got back and, and what's going on down there? You know, luckily we have great people that work here and, uh, whether I'm here or not, the place keeps chugging along. And uh, I can tell you that this month we have a huge special. Mitsubishi just came out with 0% interest on all their lineups. So we're pretty excited about that. It allows us to get folks in a brand new car with zero interest for a really low payment. So that's our special for the month. And uh, we're anticipating some big things out of that, out of that campaign. Well, Bruno, thank you so much for the update, both with the dealership and for the fishing report. It's always great catching up with you on the podcast, and we'll look forward to visiting with you next week.
All right, Kevin. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Well, our next guest on this edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good friend Phil Howarth down at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans. Phil, how are you on this beautiful morning? Very well, thank you, Kevin. Indeed, it is a beautiful day. It's gorgeous out. Shame I'm sat in my office, but hey, got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I've had the same thought, Phil, looking out you know, through the trees at, at Cape Cod Bay and the sun peeking through. It's I, I cannot wait to get out there, but we got to do what we got to do. And right now, that's provide folks with some hopefully good and helpful information as we head into what looks like it'll be a pretty good weekend. Phil, let's start with the surf casting action, uh, the Outer Cape in particular. Um, how's that looking, or what are you hearing from folks coming in the shop? It's, it's spotty during the day, um, and, and obviously bear in mind, Today's a challenging fishing reports because the last few days of the water's been a bit snarly, so people haven't been out. People, yeah, the storm, but that wasn't uh, obviously it hammered some parts of the countries, but we were pretty much unaffected by it. But it still stirred the water up and mm. still kind of like acts as a bit of a reset button. So today's when people start to go. That said, what I do know, especially at night, the bite out on the outer beach base, um, outer beaches has been really good. Mm. Yeah, you know, we just posted a picture yesterday of Nick, who's our senior senior tech in our marine shop, and yeah, yeah, 40, 42 inch fish off the beach the other night on top water. And and what it is, there's pogies all the way up mm. from Chatham through Provincetown, basically, and they're on them, and they're just pushing up towards the beach at night. So there's some really good action to be had there. But during the day, the heat and everything kind of puts them off, puts them down a bit. You catch some smaller ones. But it's spotty during the day. I'd be going out kind of like 8 o'clock at night kind of thing, fish till mm. midnight, have some fun. We talked a little bit about the, you know, the tropical storm that wasn't, that largely spared us earlier in the week, Phil. I know one of the byproducts of that, at least in Cape Cod Bay where I am, it seems like the water close to shore is much, much cooler, probably 10 to 15 degrees cooler than it was before the tropical storm and maybe that south wind uh really blew a lot of that warm water that was up against the up against the beaches out into the middle of the bay uh can you talk a little bit about that and and how you think that that may affect some of the fishing whether it's in cape cod bay nantucket sound just talk a little bit about the effects of the storm since we just hit on it sure yeah, I mean, it's guesswork today because tomorrow will be more accurate because everybody's been today. And sure. Have more reports. But the key thing is, is, is yes, it's blown a lot of the warm water out. Yeah, Cape Cod Bay was like 78, 80 degrees, yeah. you know, a week ago. And that just kills it. But that said, there was still fish being caught. Again, it became an evening, yeah, first light, last light, dark kind of thing. Um, it's good for the warmer water, it's good for the blue fishing. We'll come on to that later. But pushing some, yeah, that southerly bleeds, what it does do, it tends to fish pushes the fish a bit away from the southern beaches. Mm. So if you're getting out here you know, on Dennis or you're getting up through, um, you know, Pange Creek, through Skakit, all of those kind of beaches, it's pushing that, the fish away, because they tend to, it fishes better from a northerly breeze, because it's pushing the fish and everything down to the, the shoreline. So, but that colder water is going to make the fish more active. I think and so, another yeah. another thing that's starting to happen now is there's sand eels everywhere, which sure. is a fantastic striper bait, because the striper's, the challenge you have when stripers are feeding on pogies and mackerel is we only feed for half an hour because, you know, four, fo- four pogies, you've got two pounds of fish they've just eaten. Mm. Whereas sand eels, the, the stripers have to work. It's easier, easier eating for them, but they have to feed longer to get their quota for their meals. So you kind of get a longer feed. Mm. 
But I think the sand hills in the in the bay is, is significant, and I think the water dropping down a bit is going to bring the fish higher in the water column, which is going to make for more fun fishing rather than just you know wireline jigging or fishing a mojo deep. Phil Ryan was on earlier in the podcast, and he talked a little bit about seeing some bonito while fishing from shore in East Ham. Have you heard anything about bonito off the outer cape? Yeah, I had a, it's funny. I had a not so much on the outer cape, albeit if they're in the bay, they'll be coming around the corner. So off the backside, what I did have is just off the race, uh, one of my customers came in to, to identify a fish that he caught. And it's a bonito. I kid you not, this bonito was about six pounds. It was one of the wow. biggest bonitos I've ever seen. I'm um, coming off the, you know, I remember three years ago, we started catching them when we were sabiki fishing and they were a nightmare because they're little teethy little dinks. Then last year they were getting up to like, you know, half a pound a pound. And this one was like five, six pounds. Wow. Which not huge. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, we kind of predicted that was happening. But as the, you know, as the globally the water's changed and stuff, mm. there's more exotics coming up. And certainly a strong blowout of the south is going to help push the albies and push the bonitos closer to us. We might get a bite early. And I've heard no albies yet, but like I say, the Cape Cod Bay, Stellwagen, for sure, are starting to pick up bonitos. So, yeah, they'll be in the rips and down the backside for sure. Another area I wanted to hit on, Phil, is, is right in your backyard, Town Cove in Orleans, as well as Pleasant Bay and Nosset Harbor, areas that I know that you know pretty well. Any reports from those areas this week? You're still catching smaller fish. Mm. Uh, we did have a run of nice fish, um, yeah, good uh, keeper size stripers actually come through the inlet last week for a mooch around. They're here for a couple of days. Mm. Um, we, I looked out the window uh, of my office, I don't know, long time ago, Monday, say, and the entire view, which is probably 10 acres at the back of me, was pogies popping up. Wow. So I went out with a cast net and realized how bad I was at casting a cast net. In <laughs> practice, I didn't do very well, but uh, I, I, you know, no Cullen Langholm when it comes to, uh, Cullen is the ninja when it comes to the cast net. I'm an absolute amateur. Um, but it was great fun, my wife and I just bobbing around on the cove. Um, but, yeah, there are definitely schoolies in the cove. I haven't seen any snappers yet, which is a shame because we normally get snapper bluefish in, but I haven't mm. seen those yet. Um, but the other thing is, you know, I saw I caught flounder um, the other day, which was probably 12 inches. Wow. Very unusual. Very okay. Unusual. And I caught, I didn't catch it on bait. I actually caught it on a hyperelastic dart spin. So, you know, the, but the, the, the seals kind of, the flounders don't do so well because the cormorants get all the small ones and the yep. seals tend to bag the bigger ones. So it's not quite as prolific as it used to be. But yep. it's a great place to take your kids and hopefully get onto a schoolie or two for sure. And that, yeah, that goes the same for Pleasant Bay. Mm. And again, they're you know these are two bodies of water that get so warm in the summer. Mm. Yeah, through June they fish brilliantly, um, but kind of now the water temperature is getting such as like. Tepid bathwater out there now. Yep, and you hit the nail on the head with the flounder, Phil. Whether it's the cormorants getting the small ones, the the uh, seals getting the larger flounder. But one area Ryan wanted me to ask you quickly about is Nosset Harbor because it's notoriously fished pretty well for flounder, at least in our lifetime. Have the seals eaten all of them, or are you still hearing folks maybe having some success? Is it worth giving it a try? It's worth trying if you just looking at bobbing around in a kayak or a, mm. or a boat yeah i wouldn't i would i would go in the bay and fish billingsgate if you want to catch a founder seriously or you know if you can go if you've got the range to get out to nantucket shoals where the fluke there you know have been running really good mm. 
but I don't. Unfortunately, that, that fishery is dying. Yeah, what I would be doing is you know casting small soft plastics or a fly in mill pond or something yeah. on the breakwater where yeah where the water rushes through there for the smaller stripers, which on the right gear are great fun, and they will be guarantee it because it always is there will be a run of bluefish come through the cove and i've yeah i've caught 10 pound bluefish in town cove before now yeah that's what i wanted to ask you about real quick phil are the bluefish because we're now into the the first week of august and you know things are changing a little bit uh, you think we're going to start seeing some more bluefish yeah we've gained cape cod bay especially the you know north end of billingsgate down to a place called the path which is kind of like just due west of wellfleet just off the shoreline there um, they've started catching some absolute pigs, you know, you know, 10, 12 pound bluefish now. So they're, mm. they're starting to run a lot thicker, which is great because they're you know, fantastic sporting fish to catch. And if you treat them right and smoke them, they're absolutely glorious to eat in the winter. But the, um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely coming, the bluefish. Um, and in the sound, the smaller fish are all over the place. You see them chasing the sand eels. And we're starting now to see um, one of the guys on, I think it was Harding Beach the other day, saw a big wash-up of peanut bunker that had been pushed Ooh. up onto the beach. Yep. So, you know, peanut bunker, bluefish, and the bass are going to love that. So, And, of course, you know, that's gearing up for the Albies because the Albies not here yet, but, you know, we're all fingers crossed they'll get here early with this nice weather and we'll have an extended Albie season. But with the peanut bunker starting to, to hatch and, and swim, then, then I think the, the Albies will come for them for sure. Phil got a lot of snotty wind this week, but maybe you can dig back into your memory just before the tropical storm. But just wanted to check in on the tuna bite out east of Chatham, as well as Stellwagen and Cape Cod Bay. Just anything you've heard over the past week to 10 days since we last visited? Yeah, it's still been a very much uh, go east bite at the moment. You know, um, for all the way, not so much Norset, but from off Chatham, Crab Ledge, all the way down past the Regal Sword. That's fished really well. Again, the fish still are relatively small. I've had some fish in the 60s, early 70s, but a lot of bigger fish being caught and released. Um, Cape Cod Bay, as I've marked, I was actually tuna fishing there not last week, early last week, and we marked them, but they were just not really feeding. And I think they're waiting for the bluefish to come through properly, then hopefully we'll have another run. We had an early run of tuna in the bay, and we normally get that, you know, kind of late July into August and then we get a good run of uh, tuna. But again, they're not for the faint-hearted because that run of fish are huge. And Stellwort Wagon, to be fair, has been pretty quiet um, from a tuna perspective. As you get further up into Middlebank and up onto Jeffries, the guys up there are doing well. But it tends to be a bigger fish. I'm not, I haven't got lots of reports of small fish yet. But again, let's, let's fingers crossed that this storm pushing from the south is going to drive some of those smaller fish that are off New Jersey closer to us. You know, I know of white marlin being caught south of the islands, but, you know, south of the islands, as of last weekend when I had friends fish it, you know, they, they saw marlin, they had follows on marlin, but they didn't see or mark a single tuna. Yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah, I'd love the dump to come back because great fun fishing down there. Do you have any intel from yourself or from any customers who may be bopping in the store about Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard? Yeah. Again, relatively quiet. I like to say there's a marlin bite just south of the islands, but Dave, who's my e commerce manager, who's a you know, was a he was the charter captain for fifteen years, he took his skiff across from Sandwich and fished all he did a whole day on Martha's Vineyard last weekend and didn't catch a single fish. Jeez. 
So that kind of sucks because uh, he's a very fishy guy. So you know, now he was obviously he was he was looking to try and find you know very early Albi, but he was looking for you know stripers, bonito and stuff, and, and he didn't see anything all day. So that's the only intel I have that is pretty quiet. Mm. Um, that's not to say it hasn't changed. Well, Phil, the last thing I want to hit on here before I let you go is we've talked a lot a bit about sand eels kind of popping up, and I know if I go over to themightyfish.com, you've still got. The, the special on bomber lures, you've got 30% off on all bomber lures, but on the front of the Mighty Fish, I also see a Savage Sand Eel collection here on sale as well. So I just want to direct people to the MightyFish.com because if you're looking to fish some Savage gear and try to match the bait with some Sand Eels, that's the place to go. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, exactly. It's a phenomenal bait. And I actually brought in, which is really cool of you to mention it, you know, I think we just brought in another 600 lures. Mm-hmm. So we just had a big restock, which is unusual mid-season because all the smaller sizes, which are very much like the you know the sand eels in the in the out there in the bay and things, they are not big. So match the hatch with these five-inch exactly. savage sand eels. The small, you know, you've got the small L gags, the small onesies, and then the best sand eel bait of all, in my opinion, is um, Bill Hurley's because yeah. he infuses his soft plastics with sand eel oil. But yeah, sand eel bites change and it's coming. So um, which is lovely because the sand eels sucked last year. So it'd be really nice to um, to get them coming in. Really excited about that. So stop into the Goose Hummock down in Orleans. Drop in and see Phil and his amazing staff or hop on over to themightyfish.com if you want to order online. And as we mentioned, there's a special going on right now on Savage Gear with Savage Sand Eels as well as Bomber Lures. Phil, thank you so much for sharing some of your time with us this week. We really look forward to our visit every week and hopefully we can catch up in the near future. Yeah, look forward to it. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great week. Well, thanks to Phil Howarth from the Goose Hummock Shop down in Orleans for sharing some time with us on this beautiful Thursday morning. And thank you to all of our guests that joined us on today's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast, starting with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, Bruno Demir of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi, and last but not least, Phil from down at the Goose Hummock in Orleans. And also a big thank you to all of you, the members who are listening to the podcast, I just want to say thank you so much for not only listening, but for all the great comments that you've been leaving on the podcast, whether it's the weekly podcast or the Chronicles. I know when Ryan put up the Cuddy Hunk podcast with Janet and Ned, who joined me last week, it was just tremendously overwhelming to see the amount of interaction and very nice, kind comments that folks were leaving. Makes me feel great and like I'm not talking to myself here in my little makeshift studio every week. So I just wanted to let all of you know that do take the time to download these shows and to comment. I really, really appreciate you listening and interacting with us. And please keep the interactions and keep the suggestions for future podcast guests or future podcast topics. Keep those suggestions flowing in. We are all ears as we move forward with our podcast season here in 2020. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining me on this week's show. This is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off for episode number three of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. And until we talk again, tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.